Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to Counseling on Demand. I am your host, Fred Riley. Hey, thank you uh, once again for tuning into my podcast. So today, we're actually going to be talking, uh, unfortunately, about something that uh, that's uh, become quite uh, quite uh, frequent, quite uh, commonplace. I was actually thinking about, as I was thinking about podcasting today, I thought back and I thought, you know, there's probably four or five podcasts I've done regarding um, mass shootings and in uh, in our country, and I read a I read a um, article the other day that said that we're at about um, in a in a three hundred and like ten day period, we are at about three hundred and three I think uh, mass shootings. Okay, so these are shootings that uh, we don't hear them all in the news. Obviously, mass shooting what's that defined as? But the idea is uh, the frequency has definitely gone up uh, tremendously. And uh, what do we do about that, right? And how do we cope? Um, one of the things that I also thought as I was uh, getting ready to podcast today was, you know, a reality check. And, and uh, the reality is, is that the momentum is moving. You know, it's kind of like the drug problem, the drug crisis. We talk about fighting drugs. We don't give up on fighting drugs, right? We put millions of dollars into fighting drugs. But the reality is the drug issue is not going to go away. We can try to manage it. We can try to help people. We're not going to be pessimistic. We're not going to give up. But these, uh, this uh, epidemic, these mass shootings and so forth, they're taking off. And it's going to t- we're going to argue for years about how to manage that. Everybody's going to have ideas on gun rights and how do you identify someone with mental health issues, so on and so forth. But in the meantime, uh, those are not going to make any changes in terms of the the shootings, we can do more to learn how to protect ourselves, more awareness, uh, more preparation, so on and so forth. And I'm not saying you know just uh, you know just uh, give in and, and, and give up, but let's face the reality that uh, these stories, as bad as they are, they're commonplace, and we're we're quite a ways away from making a change there. That's not giving up; it's being realistic. It's saying, okay, so in the meantime, what do what do I do for myself, for my family? Uh, like this, uh, this church uh, back uh, east, I think they they were already into, uh, implementing uh, ways to prepare for this uh, for a mass shooting. Unfortunately, this still happened to them. So we have to we have to acknowledge this reality that those are out there. It doesn't mean we accept it, but the idea is then how do we cope? How do we cope? Uh, you know, in terms of uh, the media in terms of, you know, 
anticipating the next um, story, so on and so forth. And the first thing is reality. The reality is is that when we turn on the news, we're going to find uh, shooting. We're going to find um, some type of threat. And they're getting to the place where they're mass, right, where we're at movie theaters or whatever, and that threat is there. And so the idea is... First of all, the reality, we can pretend, we can hope that those things aren't going to happen. And we do. We hope they don't happen. We would like for that to not show up on the news. But uh, for the time being, I don't see why it wouldn't show up on the news unless we did less coverage of it. But the reality is, is America and the world, for that matter, is changing. And people are finding ways to express at the cost of others, unfortunately. They're finding ways to express their anger, their frustrations, the extent to which their agenda is important or has not been treated as important. And so we see this not only with guns, we see it with people plowing through crowds with vehicles and so forth. And so this this is kind of a more, in, our, in the United States, it's a little bit uh, new compared to some other countries, but the idea is, okay, um, other people's lives are going to be in my hands to prove that uh, I've been wronged or so on and so forth. And I think that's a movement, unfortunately, like I said, we have to look at the reality. It's going gonna, it's gonna to stick around. So how do you cope with that? You know, I one of the things we have to keep in mind if you're listening to this podcast is, you know, likely, you you know, if you have like an anxiety, uh, generalized anxiety, you have a social phobia, you have, um, you have agoraphobia, those types of things, well, coping with mass shootings and so forth is going to be very different than what, uh, you know, like we've talked about before, ads or literature is going to say, because you're now in a place where your anxiety, your fear of being outside, is, is, uh, it's validated. It's, okay, the idea is people can say, you worry too much about social things, you worry too much about being places, but your mind says, you know what, what I'm reading and hearing and seeing on the news is confirmation that this isn't anxiety at all. This is, this is me being very smart. So as we talk about coping, if you're in that place where where you're feeling depressed, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling anxious, well, the reality is going to be, uh, accepting the reality, that suggestion is going to be heard differently by you than other people. I don't know exactly what accepting the reality is, but the idea is, okay, these things are going to happen, and so what are we going to do? I have a young man that I'm working with right now that uh, has severe, severe anxiety, and he was actually uh, a five or six around the time that these this Columbine issue came up. And uh, within a day or so of the Columbine thing, uh, somebody tried to beat his mom up downtown. And on the way into, so they took care of that scenario, and they were on the way to a movie. And, of course, what is his thought? Okay, as he goes into a movie, he's like, okay, here's another place where people are trapped, so on and so forth. And the idea is, okay, that anxiety made it really hard for him to say, okay, I'm going to enjoy the movie because I just have to face the reality, right, that this is what's going to happen. That's really hard to accept. It's really hard to acknowledge. And so the idea is, okay, then what ultimately do we do? You know, this brings me to uh, working in the emergency room. I saw a lot of really awful things, a lot of loss, a lot of devastation in the ER related to trauma, related to shootings and so forth. And one of the things that I did 
that I really feel like is effective, and it might feel, especially if you have anxiety, agoraphobia, it might feel almost crazy. It might feel nuts. But when I worked on a particular, worked with a particular patient or their family, I'm thinking of a young man that was uh, six in a sledding accident, and that brought this new level of reality to me that sledding isn't all just fun. And so the idea is that new reality put me in a place where I had to go home and decide, am I going to avoid sledding? First thing I did, and this is something to think about, is the first thing I did is I got my kids and we went out and we went to a hill. Of course, I looked to make sure this hill was a little bit different than the scenario that this young man was in. But the idea is, okay, shootings are going to happen, sledding accidents are going to happen. But one of the most important coping mechanisms is, you know what, I, within reason, I'm not going to put myself in a panic attack, but I am going to go to a movie, I'm going to go to an event, because I'm not going to be held back, I'm not going to be subject to the anxiety of that event. Okay, that's a little bit hard to do for some people, but managing your anxiety, and sometimes they look at it as empowering yourself, says, I'm not going to let what happened in Las Vegas and so on and so forth keep me from going to school or what have you. Now, there's some things you can do training-wise and awareness-wise to help with that, but I'm telling you, when I went sledding with my daughters, that was the, that was the event, that approach uh, helped me more than anything, more than sitting on the top of the hill and looking at facts about how it was okay and so forth, I went and did it. I had to decide that what happens in the emergency room cannot dictate my life. Now, does that prevent things from happening? No. Are you stupid to go into a movie theater? Absolutely not. Do you want to be cautious and aware? Of course. So first two things, and then we'll take a break, is we got to acknowledge that this is a reality of where we're at. We don't have to accept it. But the reality is, is that these stories aren't going away. We can deal, we can cope with things by accepting or acknowledging the idea that the reality is there rather than than falsely expecting it to, to go away. Then we get upset, we get frustrated and so forth when that issue doesn't go away. And then the other thing we talked about with coping is, is uh, it's called... Um, approaching. The idea is within reason. You don't go and stand in front of a gun, obviously, but to overcome or to challenge that fear of uh, mass shooting, when you want to go to a concert, you go to a concert. Is it scary? Gosh, uh, who knows? I, you know, I'm sure it has been or would be been scary for me in a movie theater, but the idea is exposing yourself to that event that scares you, gives you a little bit of an opportunity to look at some normalcy and see that despite the realism of the issue, there's still opportunity, and I believe right, for you to go and participate in those events. Welcome back to Counseling on Demand. I'm your host, Fred Riley. So today we're talking about uh, an issue that I think, uh, even within this podcast as I'm doing it, I think, you know, we're really far away from knowing what to do in terms of good output on coping mechanisms from the mental health standpoint and so forth. You know, we're this is just really starting to take shape in terms of uh, mass shootings, in terms of uh, whether it's uh, via 
guns in a mall or somebody setting off a bomb or those types of things. We're just really, unfortunately, this is uh, this is going to take some time to learn how to respond and 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 uh, find ways to help each other. And so I'm realizing as I'm sharing this that you know there's a lot of people, for example, that uh, are going to go face a movie. Like I said, you know, go to that event. You know, don't let. Um, other situations have power over you. But the reality is, is that is very difficult. It's easy to say. But with each event that takes place, with each, um, you know, mass uh, murder, those types of things that happen, um, it becomes harder and harder. And we do, for our survival, we do need to measure risk a little bit and um, and be mindful. And I, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say it's easy to just go sit in a theater. I'm thinking about some of my uh, clients that I have right now, and to them, they might as well be stepping in front of a gun, um, even though they know logically that they're going to go to a place and the odds are terribly against anything happening. Uh, getting Understanding something logically, like listening to this podcast, might be understanding something logically. So understanding something logically and then participating in it uh, in an emotional state is a very different thing. So the solutions, we're, we're talking about ideas and so forth, but I think we're a ways away from the solutions. You know, as I was thinking about uh, what are some mechanisms, some coping skills that we can use to help us get out uh, into public and not be resigned to our homes and so forth. You know, some of the things I thought of is it's actually kind of sad. The idea is, you know, I, I'm thinking of things that maybe a police officer or other people would learn, you know, in order, you know, training and so forth. So some of the things I thought about were learning. You know, a big part of being able to go to a theater or different things is is to educate yourself, is to learn, you know, what exactly uh, are your options within a movie theater? What are your options in terms of protecting your family and so forth? But here we are, unfortunately, talking about um, subjecting yourself to training that uh, we're not accustomed to here in the United States and in a lot of other parts of the country. Now, does that training and learning, does that mean that you need to fear? No. But what, I, what I'm saying is education learning is what par- is part of what contributes to that good experience. I've worked a lot with uh, violent individuals, um, perpetrators, and so forth. And I tell you what, being aware, knowing what I need to be aware of is what allows me to be in an office or in, in a patient room or what have you with a pretty good sense of safety because I'm aware of the possibilities. I'm aware of, of uh, the interactions and things to approach and not approach and so forth. And so there's a new layer of comfort that maybe we're having to take a look at. Again, I'm not saying go sign up for every class on the planet and become an expert ninja, that type of thing. But it doesn't hurt to build your awareness. With that awareness, it allows you to watch a movie, go to a concert, knowing that I've learned a little bit. And while I'm enjoying this, there's this other part of me that has learned and is aware of the need to be aware, the need to be mindful and so forth. Again, what are the solutions that are going to work here? We're just talking about them, and you know we got to figure out how well they work. It's a new thing. It's a new level of of uh, intensity. It's a new level of uh, you know security that we're trying to find. And typical coping mechanisms sound nice, but carrying them out are a very different thing. So the idea is that for some people, adolescents, I talked about this before. You know, with all the school shootings, you think adolescents would 
be terrified. Um, they're not worried. That's be, part of their brain function is is it's different than ours, and so they're kind of in this place where um, it's not going to happen to them. So we're all over the board in terms of what this news means to us. We're trying to figure out, okay, what are coping mechanisms that are that work. And uh, as you listen to this, the thing I want you to keep in mind is that uh, these coping mechanisms may not sound appealing because I think those coping mechanisms are still yet to be created and formed in a way that we still have our freedom, our ability to go and do the things we want uh, in a way that uh, we can learn to also be safe and protected. Another thing that I think is important uh, in terms of coping is advocacy. And I talk about this with trauma, uh, victims of sexual abuse, and so forth. There's some type of power that comes when we get involved in advocacy, whether it's becoming involved in helping school plans, uh, local uh, police departments, government issues, in terms of advocating for safety uh, for our children in school, advocating for um, understanding new parameters, new uh, new ways to keep schools safe and so forth, that can give us a sense of uh, more security. It can help us feel uh, more like we're involved, more empowered than sitting at home and watching the news. The news is going to remind you that the world is less and less in your control and getting out in public is less and less safe. Advocacy is this idea that you get out and you're doing your part to reserve your right to go to a movie, to go to a mall, or what have you, having contributed to ideas to help increase and enhance um, security and safeguards that allow you to have that experience. So like I said at the top of this podcast, this is an issue that really isn't going to go away anytime soon. I think advocacy is probably the best way to cope at this point, which is okay. I can sit back and be struck by the reality. I can sit back and and kind of curl up. And, and for some people, that's what's going to happen because of anxiety and so forth. But uh, I think those that are going to do well are going to be the ones that advocate. They're going to be the ones that say, okay, what do we need to do? I'm going to get involved. And you're going to really have to push to get involved, by the way. Um, I know some people that have tried to be involved, and your concern about school safety and so forth is going to be different than people that, like principals and so forth, that you think ought to be concerned. And so the reality, the importance of change in advocacy, that's got to catch up as well. But I think that that's probably the most powerful tools for you to get involved at a local level uh, with your children, with family, talking about uh, parameters to keep safety, making changes uh, in uh, in government and so forth, uh, feeling like that uh, you're, you're affecting and creating opportunity for safety and change. And uh, it's time to get started now because we're behind the ball. We're, uh, we've got a lot of catching up to do. Is there a lot you can do? Not a whole lot, but you can advocate, you can become involved. And then the other thing is we need to fight back by continuing to, um, you know, not not to the extent that uh, we're having panic attacks, but we need to uh, keep living the way that, uh, that we uh, want to live. We need to keep going to those events. We need to teach ourselves and our families that, uh, you know, one thing we do have in our control is 
the ability to go out and participate in these events, and, and we're going to do that, and we're going to enjoy it. So lots more to talk about in regard to all these mass shootings and so forth. We're not nearly where we need to be in terms of understanding effective coping mechanisms. I think we have a lot of research and study that needs to take place there. I threw out a couple ideas of things that uh, might be helpful, and I hope you realize that these are kind of... Uh, kind of uh, elementary type ideas that uh, need to be evaluated to the point where, hey, we can really figure out what coping skills are going to be effective with this on- these ongoing issues of uh, public or mass uh, shootings and so forth. So take a look at what you can do advocacy-wise. Uh, dare yourself a little bit in your family and whoever to participate in those things that are important to you. And uh, let's look to um, you know, create new, new uh, coping mechanisms and ideas to you know, make sure that we can uh, maintain that quality of life that, uh, that we wanted to, to have. So if you're anxious, you're worried, and so forth, Guess what? Makes sense. If you're experiencing anxiety disorders and so forth, this podcast and other things in terms of ideas are going to likely be frustrating to you. So let's give it some time. Let's give it some thought. But keep in mind that uh, the time is now. It's real. We have to deal with it. And let's look uh, forward to creating, to advocating and creating ways to to make those uh, areas safe for us in the future. 